Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. All right, welcome back. This is the FNTSY Radio Network, and good to be back with you and talking fantasy baseball. We're joined by Michael Waldo of Fantastics Fantasy Baseball. Michael, thank you so much for spending some time with me today. How are you? Hey, Craig. I'm doing really well. It's uh, a pleasure to, to join you here on the, with a new show. I'm excited. I've been listening this week. I um, love what you're doing, so thanks for having me on. Well, I'm glad you are. You're the one. I noticed there's always one person listening to the show. You're the one person. Okay, great. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, well, listen, you've been a, a great friend and a great part of my programs for a long time on uh, Sirius and on Satellite Radio, and thank you so much for appearing. And, of course, people can hear you on the weekend there. Uh, we haven't talked in about a month, so it's kind of it's been some time since we've talked here, and I'm wondering, and I'm listening to your shows, of course, but uh, I'm wondering just kind of your overall thoughts on the fantasy season. I, you know, I, I know that there's still a ton of home runs, and a lot of people feel that the ball is juiced, and some leagues I'm doing well, some leagues I'm doing not. It's been a mixed bag, but you know, I, I guess we could start off with just your overall thoughts, how you're doing personally, and just kind of how you think that the season has played out so far. Yeah, you know, Craig, for me personally, it's been a really unusual season for me because obviously in the aggregate, we see that the home runs are up, we see that offense is up, and we see that, you know, a lot of the pitching has either gotten hurt or they're getting blown up consistently. And, you know, I've obviously had to experience some of that on the pitching side, but for the most part, my pitching in most of my leagues has really come through for me this year. It's my offense that's still flat on their face. And, it, you know, there's some guys – that I had in a lot of leagues. I had a lot of Aaron Hicks. Um, Andrew McCutcheon went, just went down, and that, that is going to really hurt me. But for the most part, none of my little mid-tier values that I was targeting, um, a lot of them have just kind of been flat tires. I haven't experienced this offensive boon that everybody else is. It kind of feels like I'm playing my own little world, and, and I see the world around me with all this offense. But for myself, I can't buy an RBI. I can't buy a home run. It's really kind of an unusual situation for me, at least this season. Yeah, and and I think that, look, in some leagues, I feel like I did the right thing by, by going for pitching. I do. But in some leagues, I'm just really struggling looking at all of these these monsters hitting all of these home runs and wondering why my guys didn't do it. So I'll I'll kind of start off with really – the key player that's been the biggest struggle for me that I own in the most leagues. And when we parted a month ago, I thought that I'd be sitting here talking to you on a new show saying, wow, I'm glad I hung on to Jesus Aguilar. I thought that that guy would end up having, what, at this point, at the minimum 12 home runs or 11 home runs. But, uh, Mike, what are you seeing with him? Is there any hope? I mean, is it, I mean, is it just Thames time? I'm just not even sure what to do. Brewers are a good team. They're not going to be able to, to do this all year with him. No, and the problem is they are a good team, and that means that they have a lot of depth. And I think that the the issue that we have, it's going to become, you know, how much playing time is he going to get moving forward? Obviously, with uh, 
Keston Hira coming up and, and hitting, you know, well when he came up. Um, you know, Travis Shaw could play some first base. I mean, as we progress here with still Hernan Perez, I don't see a clear path to everyday at bats uh, for Jesus Aguilar just from the way he has struggled. Or, I mean, he the underlying metrics are something that I like to look at a lot when I'm assessing a player. And oftentimes when I see a struggling guy and I can find something positive to point to in the underlying metrics, I get less worried because I know as long as the opportunity is there, the you know he's going to come around. For Aguilar, I don't see that, Craig. Um, there's a lot of concerning things. He's, he's really not hitting the ball hard. Um, he's, it's way down, and that's a trend that we saw at the end of last season, too. Right, he, yeah. You know, when he came up in the middle of the year, he was tearing the cover off the ball, but September he was almost invisible. And, you know, for me, if I'm an Aguilar owner, it's going to be time you start making contingency plans and you start looking elsewhere. I don't think you can drop him yet, but I would be shocked in a month if I wasn't coming on here and telling you that, hey, I think it's okay to drop Pages Aguilar and, and just move on. But if you're going to be trying to scrape together, and that's the problem when you have one of these guys that you took in the early rounds in an era where there is so much offense, you're going to be sitting there with me trying to chase these offensive guys, yet everybody else in the league is, is getting inflated with their you know more talented players. You're just going to be playing catch-up, and it's an unfortunate thing, but... I don't see many signs or indications that it's going to change anytime soon, Kurt. Yeah, and Michael Waldo, by the way, is with us here from Fantastics Fantasy Baseball, and, and certainly Mike is one, one of the best not only on the air but also in terms of competition, uh, winning so many leagues that he's been in. I'm I'm worried. I, I just, you know, that's that's one of those guys that I was banking on 20 home runs, and, and I banked on Travis Shaw, too, and boy, I, mean, I, I figured one of the two would end up working out, and Milwaukee's just been carried by Yelich more or less all season. All right, so let's, why let's is, kind of why is Yelich why is Yelich still getting fastballs thrown to him? I have no idea. It makes no sense. I, I mean, if there's one guy that should get, I mean, I don't look. Walked is strong, but if there's one guy that should see changes in off speeds and sliders, it's him. And I don't get it. You're right. I, I don't. I, I don't understand it. But you know, in that park in particular, Mike, I just there's some players that are like Barry Bonds, unstoppable. And I think that we've gotten to that point with Yelich in Miller Park. I think away from him is is more manageable for sure, based on the splits. But at home, you're right. Like I, it's it just it should just be ball four, man. Like I don't get it. Right, right. I agree. Yeah. Uh, okay. So before the year, we talked about Max Kepler, and you were high on him. I was high on him. He had, he had three home runs last night. He's got 15 now on the season. And I'm wondering if if this is better, worse, or about where you thought that he would be at this point. If we did, if we had this conversation 24 hours ago, you may say, oh, about, but a little bit worse. And now that he hit the three home runs, and if we're looking at it over the course of the whole season as opposed to one day, I think that we would probably say that he's a little bit better than what we thought. Is there is there more chance for some upside here, or is this going to be probably the breakout season with the numbers we expected? Um, a combination. I mean, yeah, a little bit of that, Craig. Like you said, the the three home run game, just like with anything, it, it really skews the numbers here. I mean, if you were sitting here at twelve home runs, yeah, it's a different conversation. We could probably say, hey, he's probably, you know, a pretty good bet to get to twenty five. Now we're looking at fifteen, and it's like, yeah, it's almost a slam dunk. He's going to get to twenty five. But you know, I think for me with Kepler, that's pretty much what he is. He's a one dimensional guy. 
we drafted him because there was untapped power potential, and sure enough, um, we're seeing that power potential. He, he doesn't give you much in the way of uh, speed. He, he's really not an average guy. He's not going to kill you necessarily an average in this day and age. I mean, a 260-270 batting average is um, kind of the going rate when you're, when you're looking at these power hitters as we move more towards the, the three true outcomes. But Kepler was a set best done. Um, lots of things to like about his launch angle, uh, the hard hit rate, the, the batted ball speed, all those things lined up in the off season and for something that as a guy who could really take a step forward. And, and now we're kind of seeing that, that fruition and, you know, with Kepler and one of the things I don't think I personally do not do enough of is, is take into account the, the lineup around him. Um, I think he's benefited substantially from the twins lineup around him. Um, but in terms of can continue at this pace, I'm actually going to go the other way and say no. One of the metrics that I've really been looking at a lot this season has been uh, the hard hit rate on fly balls specifically. Not just hard hit rate overall, but only on fly balls. And when you look at that, the league average is about 37% or so. Uh, hard hit rate on fly balls for Max Kepler is just 28%. So when you look hmm. at a guy who has a home run to fly ball rate around 20% overall, that, that's a power slugger. I mean, that's above league average. There's no way he's going to be able to sustain that when he's not hitting the ball consistently hard when he's lifting in the air. We know that fly balls are the lowest overall batting average. If you're not hitting those fly balls hard, it's a, you know, a pretty easy fly out. So for me, Max Kepler is actually a sell. I think if you're sitting there with Max Kepler today for the three-home run day, they kind of fell into your lap. Take advantage of it and sell him because the, the metrics actually point going the opposite way for him. Interesting. Uh, Michael Waldo's with us from Fantastics Fantasy Baseball. I started off the show talking about the Rockies' young pitcher, uh, Peter Lambert, who struck out nine in seven innings, and we know he's a Coors Field pitcher. And, and Mike, the point that I was trying to make, and I know that he's going to get added, certainly, in 15-teamers and NL only. Is like, I mean, look, everyone's looking for pitching, and so it's worth taking a shot. But I'm trying to go back through the years, Mike, and in, in my mind, I don't see any pitcher – at Coors Field that's been able to have the sustainability. I've, I, I've noted pitchers that have had one good year, and, and certainly Jeff Francis had one good year, and John Gray kind of had one good year, and Aaron Cook won, and Ubaldo won. So I, I'm a little bit torn here because I think that there's a chance for some success, but are there any numbers that you are looking at at this point that can point to anything different outside of the one small sample that he got at Chicago? Because I have a feeling people are going to run to pick him up, but should they? No, listen, I mean, it's, he's kind of cut out of the mold of um, the typical guy that the Rockies have drafted with the, the high ground ball rates and the guys who don't throw a ton of breaking pitches because, as we know, at the higher elevation, the breaking pitches just don't break. Um, you look at his, you know, his pitch mix, uh, he's primarily fastball things up guy. He, you know, he'll, he'll mix in maybe a curveball here or there, but um, he really just relies on uh, keeping the ball down and getting the ground ball out. And, and that it isn't a success for a while, but like you said, the sustained success we haven't seen from anybody. Kyle Freeland's one of the most, uh, or was one of the most extreme ground ball pitchers, and, and he wasn't able to, to sustain that as well. I think just the, playing at the higher alt- uh, you know, altitude and constantly having to be on your game because if you leave a hanger, you know it's gone. And that's what's so, I think, just exhausting for these guys because they constantly have to make the right pick. Because a mistake in corners is going to leave the field, whereas you know a mistake in you know, city field might not. So, you know, I think for me, 
I rarely go after these Rockies pitchers. We've seen guys before who, I, I want to say it was even maybe John Gray a couple of years ago who had better splits at home than on the road. Yeah. But there's, there's so few and far between that I'm tempted to just kind of write that off as just sample size noise. I don't want to target these guys. I'm not going to spend big on Lambert. I think there's going to be other names down the road this year, pitching prospect-wise, that I'd rather save some money on. Because at this point, if you guys are anything like me, I'm down to my final you know, 10% of my fab in, in most of my leagues. That's, that's, we're in crunch time, valuable time to save it up because we still have you know three, three full months of action. Yeah, and, and in a couple of leagues I have money, but you're right, in general, <laughs> I don't have a lot left. The most I have are in my mono leagues, my NLs. Yeah. Uh, because I felt like I didn't see anything on the waiver wire, and these guys like just keep coming up and down and not playing, and and I didn't want to take the risk. But either way, you're right. It's it's you got to save what you can because we're heading towards Super Two, and then the trade deadline, and we know on August first there's going to be some movement there. Uh, Michael Waldo was with us. The big news in both reality and fantasy in the last 24 hours, Mike, is the the two players that have signed. So I'm wondering how you feel about both. Let's dive in here a little bit on Dallas Keuchel to Atlanta and Craig Kimbrell to the Chicago Cubs are these uh, – It's re- I, I will say this. From a competitive fantasy standpoint, Mike, if you're playing in a league, it is really hard to draft either of these players in a season-long league at the beginning of the season, hold them as long as you have, and then trade them. Like, like that's got to be yeah. tough. I mean, you've basically invested four months of a bench spot and only the savviest of players could really take advantage of it. it. It would be hard to spend anything on either of these guys and just dump. But that being said, do you like one more than the other? or is What are you looking for here? Is there sustainability in the Cubs bullpen if Kimbrell gets the most opportunities, which I think he will? So let's do a, a minute. We have about four minutes left, so let's just uh, dive in here. Uh, lastly, two or three minutes on those two players. Yeah, so off the top, between the two, if I had to just in a vacuum pick one that I'd rather have the rest of the season, I think I'd rather have Kimbrell. But with that said, Keuchel, I am so much happier that he landed in Atlanta than I am, say, New York. And uh, anytime you can be in that, that's a slight boost just because you get to you know, face the pitcher a little bit more. But Keuchel actually fits that park pretty well. It's a tough park to pitch in in Atlanta, but he is a heavy ground ball guy. Um, he's not a huge strikeout guy, but that's okay. I mean, the you know the Atlanta defense behind him is pretty good, and that's that's really what the type of pitcher that that Keuchel is. He's kind of a, a pitch to contact type of guy. Doesn't give up a whole lot of hard contact. So, I I am bullish on Keuchel from that perspective of the fit. But what I'm not bullish on is we saw how screwed up guys like Chris Sale were from just the way his season or his uh, preseason started out, kind of messed up. Imagine not even pitching for the first two months of the season and then jumping in. For a starting pitcher especially, that really worries me. And I'm, I, if I had Keiko, I would try to just see what I could get for him. As far as Kimbrel, I, you know, I think for a reliever, it's the same discussion as well, what you've been doing, how, how ready is he. Um, I'm sure he's been working out. It's no different than picking a guy who's been on injury. The only difference is he's been able to do a full range of activities. So he's actually maybe a leg up off of a guy who's maybe coming off of injury. Um, there's definitely opportunity in the Cubs bullpen. We know he's going to get saves. He's, you figure if you get him from all-star break on, um, conservatively, I think you could count on hopefully 15 saves um, at a minimum for, for Kimbrough, and that's, that's pretty valuable. Um, I think he's going to be an effective closer. I don't think he's going to be you know elite level, but in this era where we can't get a 
team to stick to a single closer. I do think Kimbrell is going to do that for the Cubs. So I like Kimbrell a little bit more than Keiko, uh, mainly because I think the opportunity is there, and I think um, he's going to be less uh, impacted maybe by the, the layoff that Keiko might have been. All right. Well, Mike, listen, always a pleasure and great information from you and the great team at Fantastics, without a doubt. You and Anthony Perry, Sky Dombrowski, and then Lou uh, Blasi hosting the show with you as well. Uh, you know what a fan I am of yours. And so many people, by the way, reached out to me after you appeared on my final show on Satellite Radio and said, boy, this Michael Waldo, I mean, you... you I mean, what did you do for him in the past? I'm like, nothing. He's just a really good guy. So I thank you so much, for, as always, for all of the kind words. And I'll be doing this show uh, here at a, for a long time here at FNTSY. And I would love to have your thoughts throughout fantasy baseball season as well. So have great shows this weekend. I look forward to hearing you, as always. And you know that you always have a home with me coming on my show as well. So thank you so much for appearing. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Craig. Let's talk soon. I appreciate it. All right, Michael Waldo from Fantastics Fantasy Baseball, one of the sharp minds in the business in fantasy. The guys at Fantastics, I mean, are just winning league after league. And if you go in leagues that I'm in, I can screenshot. I mean, these guys are winning again this year. They just continually win at Fantasy Baseball. All right, we got uh, more coming up here. Mitch Moss will join us from VEASAN. We come back after the break. Don't go away. Over under 24 and a half touchdown passes for Matthew Stafford this year. He has a big arm. He's thrown for 5,000 yards before. He throws for a lot of yards every year, really, except for last year. He was a bust. But now you got this tight end involved. I think that's going to help his touchdown progression. Yep. You got Kenny Galladay, who's turning into an elite wide receiver. I think this offense is better than it used to be. I think that Stafford could easily get himself to 27, 28 touchdowns. He's done it before. Watch live on the FNTSY YouTube stream. Attention all authors. Page Publishing is looking for authors. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Page Publishing will get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, Apple iTunes, and other outlets. They handle all aspects of the publishing process for you. Printing, cover art, publicity, copyright, and editing. Call 800-292-8137 now for your free author submission kit. That's 800-292-8137 for your free author submission kit. Again, that's 800-292-8137. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 Network today. We'll get them off your back. 800 961 3631 getting the Barry Bonds treatment and he's what 20 years old pitchers don't want to pitch to him it's crazy 
Watch live on the FNTSY YouTube stream and download the podcast on your popular podcast providers. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish. Welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish. That is right. We're here till 2 o'clock Eastern and every single morning on VSIN Live, you can hear my favorite show on all of radio over on Sirius XM 204, also on Fubo TV and Sling and vsin.com. And you can purchase Point Spread Weekly, which is one of my go-to columns during the football season. And I've made so many appearances and in person and also on the radio with our next guest from Follow the Money. Mitch Moss joins us from VSIN Live. He and Paul Howard do a phenomenal job talking wagering and I know that, Mitch, you would love to talk fantasy baseball. I know that's not uh, part of your show, but the fortunate thing is is that now you get to come on my show and we can mix up some fantasy baseball and some wagering as well. And uh, always a very good supporter of mine and a good friend. Mitch, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. How are you? Well, Craig, you are, you are too kind. Uh, I, I love talking baseball with you and uh, you know fantasy and, and betting in general, so I really appreciate you reaching out and uh, getting me on today. For sure. Mitch, I, I, you know, it's kind of – you know, carte blanche here at this point to ask people how they're doing in their fantasy leagues, but somebody who I know that takes it as seriously as you and you and I communicate through uh, direct message and text about fantasy leagues, what kind of a season are you having this year in fantasy? It's been a wild year with injuries and everything else. Are you at the top, at the bottom? How are things going for you? I have certainly felt uh, the brunt of the injuries like anybody else. So, um, that out of the system right away but uh third place right now of the league that i've been in the longest and the league that league that i think i have probably the most pride in although that's changing and becoming a different story um and as you know we are not allowed to play dfs out here in the state of nevada yeah. which completely stinks because right when that was really starting to take off it was in the middle of the baseball season and at the beginning of one of the football years like two or three years ago and all of a sudden just they slammed the door in our face and i was like oh you've got to be kidding me so that really stinks, but, uh, you know, the daily fantasy baseball is where it's at for me. I mean, I, I love the fantasy football stuff and, you know, get involved in multiple leagues every single year. And uh, it used to be on and have action or, you know, basically having to check and stay um, up on everything that's going on on a day-to-day basis. I love that for six months. I think it's great. So in the, in the biggest league that I'm in right now, I'm in third place, and it's been, you know, kind of hit and miss. Uh, I don't love my team, but I don't hate it. Yeah, and and that's everybody has injuries, and I think that like for me playing in, and I think for everyone honestly, also Mitch, if you're playing in multiple leagues and you're uh, in the community or an expert, as they say, since I'm playing in five leagues, I think anybody who's playing in four or five leagues is gonna be derailed in one league with injuries. That's kind of the way it is with me. I'm in five leagues. One of them I'm just done. One of them I have Kluber and Kniebel and. Correa and uh, oh, yeah. Nelson Cruz. It's like I, I could just keep going, but there's no excuses. It's just like this is part of luck. And in fantasy, like in gambling, there is luck. And sometimes luck is on your side. Sometimes it isn't. And in one league, it isn't. But in some leagues, I'm doing very well. So uh, that being said, you know, moving over kind of to the, the wagering point of view, and I always take a look when it gets posted as in baseball, especially the most profitable teams this season. You and I, we talked about this. Fortunately, uh, for me, two two good things have happened that we talked about on your show. Uh, the first is, and I never root against a team directly, but obviously the Toronto Blue Jays are 16 games under 500, and then they do not look like a team that was worth investing anything in. And then conversely, I'm happy that I said 
that the Minnesota Twins would be better than people thought. But, Mitch, from a wagering perspective, man, they have been beating up on even good teams, right? They beat up on Tampa. They beat up on Cleveland, pretty much everybody they play. Is that a surprise for you, how good they are? I didn't think they'd be this good. I thought they'd be okay. I did not think they'd be the best team in the AL. Well, no, and, and then, you know, to be on pace, it was last week when I was really crunching the numbers, they were on pace for essentially, they might still be, actually, you, you probably know better than I would, they were on pace to win, like, 97 to 100 games, going back a good week, and they were, you know, when they were that many rent runs ahead of the Astros and overall run differential, that's what you, it really catches your eye. Like, they were just pounding teams, and so as of June 1st, the team to lead, uh, lead, Major League Baseball in run differential. I went back and looked all the way to like 2007, where you can find some of the websites that track this stuff. Uh, the leading team in all of baseball averaged, going back 12 or 13 years, 97 wins per year if you let Major League Baseball in run differential on June 1st. And that was Minnesota Twins. And then when you look at the overall ROI, the return on investment, just for overall teams, they've been crushing it the entire year, pretty much number one since the first couple of weeks. They're still, I can't say they're running away with the ROI title because the Dodgers, until, you know, one game this week, they lost, actually, and they are human, after all. But the Dodgers are, you know, within range in striking distance. After that, it's like the Raiders are third-best team overall ROI. So they have just been, I mean, the Twins are a sensational story. And I haven't, if I would have told you, Craig, before the season started, that uh, Giolito, Barrios, Kershaw, Woodruff, in order reason, you would have been in the top five, the <laughs> bottom five of ROI, Major League Baseball. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You had to make a bet on that. Uh, with a centerpiece and good pitchers, but uh, Kershaw, you know, he's hurt. And, uh, they're top five. Those are the five pitchers right now that are top five ROI in baseball. So Barrios and Odorizzi are right there. And, and Gibson, by the way, is number 13 overall. The team is 83 when he takes the mound. So it's, it's been a great season so far, and I think it's going to continue for the entire regular season. Yeah, and, and the one pitcher that you mentioned in there, and, and how could have anybody gone into this season, 2019, thinking Lucas Giolito was going to be anything? I mean, we, we have enough sample over the last two years of this guy taking the mound, and it's first inning walk, walk, hit, walk, hit. You know, like, I, I mean, no way in a million years that I could have yep. ever predicted anything like that. The other thing that's I mean, happened. Yeah, go ahead, Mitch. Sorry. I was going to say, yeah, you're exactly right. Before this run, you know, it was, okay, he's taking the mound in 2018. It's 4-0, White Sox are trailing before he can blink, and okay, I wait till the late round, pick on him again. And this year, he's just completely flipped it, and not until recently, and I still don't think that. We'll see when he goes again this weekend, but I don't think the betting markets really have caught up on the guy either because it was like a, almost a pickup the last time out that he went, and he was brilliant to get over, you know, 8-8 strikeout, striking out 10, I believe is what it was. Mm-hmm. Now, in, in terms of... The other thing that I notice, and it wasn't really as evident as in April as it is moved to May and June, and you can tell me if my perception is accurate or not on this, because I, I feel like I follow it closely, but there is a gap for me in between hosting shows. It was like a month and a half. But I feel like the last time that I went through Vegas odds and, and did it every single day, because as I've been pretty transparent with like the daily betting aspect of baseball, I don't do it just because of my relationship and covering Major League Baseball on a daily basis. It's not something that I do. I feel like when I'm when I'm reviewing the totals now on June 7th as opposed to April 25th that Mitch the totals are like skyrocketing and I and I don't know if if my perception is inaccurate on that, but I feel like in baseball we're like hitting that NBA total range where 2 years ago the totals were around 205, 210, anything higher was crazy. 
Now I feel like there there aren't many many Major League Baseball games that are sitting seven and a half or eight. They're all like eight and a half, nine, ten. Oh, in the American League especially. I mean, National League, sure, when you get a good pitching matchup, you're still going to see the occasional six and a half and quite a few sevens. But in the American League, I mean, just it is nine and a half, ten, ten and a half across the board. And yeah, this is Colorado, for example, so it's cooler. So I mean, but against that, uh, against the Orioles this past weekend, the totals were I think uh, what twelve, twelve and a half, and there was a first five. Hmm. With the Rockies over the weekend, Craig, that wow. was seven and a half. And that's not go over, but that, that's like crazy talk now. you got to bet over seven and a half runs in the first five innings. I mean, that's a while to expect, you know, for two teams to get in the first five. But, and I'll give you this, you know, I mean, the Mariners, after their 13 and two starts, they've completely fallen on their faces, as we all know. How about this? In terms of betting that team on the over every game this year, nobody would do that. But if you were, they're 42, 21, and three so far to the over this year. Who saw that coming? Wow. I mean, Pittsburgh, yeah. Pittsburgh's 12 million over 500 betting on the over alone. So, and, and you're spot on. These totals are just every single day, 10, 10 and a half, maybe even a little bit more. Yeah, and, and trusting any bullpen at this point this season, oh. especially after the fifth inning, is, is I mean, the bad beats that we talk about. Uh, I mean, it, it's basically like it's uh, Kirby Yates and uh, Hand and Shane Green and Chapman. Uh, Jansen, there's like four or five guys, but like getting the bridge from that fifth to the ninth is just an, an absolute disaster for sure. With Mitch, well, Mitch, yeah, go ahead, Mitch. I was going to sorry about that. Sorry to cut you off. I wanted to ask you a follow up on that briefly. Yeah. So do you think we're going to see more of Max Scherzer, what he did last start out, where he's got, you know, he's cruising along and they have him, you know, the team got him the lead and he's got like 13 strikeouts going into the eighth and he's got more than 100 pitches and Martinez comes out and he's like, you are not pulling me out of this game. I don't care what you you're going to do, and he throws 120 pitches. He gets a couple of more strikeouts. He ends the day, you know, uh, with 15 Ks, and they have to go do a little for one inning. But he's just like, I've given you everything I got, and every time I come out with a lead, the bullpen blows it. So screw it, <laughs> staying in no matter what. Yeah, I mean, I think he keeps shaking up Martinez. Yeah, I, I think that that example is a little anecdotal. I think that you're right, but I think it's just with him. You know, like, I think he is yeah. just. He is as hard a worker and as tough a guy as there ever has been, and you just brought up some great you know, instances and situations. Their bullpen has stabilized a little bit more, yeah. but in April and early May, and, and we're seeing it now, and in, in my history of watching baseball, Mitch, and I don't know if it's going to play out this way for Trevor Rosenthal, but I've watched a lot of baseball, and I, and I don't want to throw a – you know, a Mark uh, Woolers or Rick Enkiel on Rosenthal. I, I don't want to do that because I would feel awful if that was indeed the case. But even Trevor Rosenthal's rehab assignments, and remember, when they signed him, Mitch, he was the setup guy and potential backup closer to Sean Doolittle. And they invested in that, and I saw him pitch, and he pitched well in spring training. I saw him almost every day in Jupiter. But you see his minor league rehab appearances and he's hitting guys, and he's throwing it over the backstop and stuff, and the Nationals are talking about bringing him back soon, and I, and I hope that's not the case, but that was really the key to that. A lot of those infinity ERAs and, and bullpen starts for them, and, and they they fixed it they, to a degree, yeah. but it's still, it's still questionable, and, and I don't know if Washington will stay in this thing or not. We'll see. Um, okay, so let, let's um, shift over quickly because we, we do really primarily focus on baseball, but as well-schooled as you are on everything in college football and NFL and everything that we talk about, uh, there is a game tonight to be played in the NBA. 
And the Warriors are four-and-a-half-point favorites over the Toronto Raptors, and the total is 215 in this game tonight. I think that the general public probably will end up, in the end, backing the Warriors, but there's an injury issue, of course, with Clay Thompson, and Durant won't play in this game, and I think that in our heart we all want to see Toronto win because we're sick and tired of seeing Golden State win every game, but is that the smart betting angle here tonight? How do you see this? So I think uh, in-play wagering, quite frankly, Craig, is the uh, the way to go tonight. I am going to lay back on this one as of now. I'm not going to get involved in the you know, four and a half. Uh, I don't know if there are any fives out there anymore or not, uh, or betting the total. But I think in-play, I think you might be able to tell kind of early if the others are going to show up like they did the other night, like they have been for a lot now recently in the playoffs for the Raptors. And if anybody else can step up, and help Curry, one would expect that would be Clay, and I think Clay's going to be okay. I don't think he's going to be on a minutes restriction. Like if they held him out on Wednesday for Game Three, specifically for this game, another down two one. I think he, if they need him to go, you know, 38, 40, 41 minutes, I think that he will be able to do, do that. I actually think if I do get involved before tip off, I would probably look at the Warriors first quarter and maybe a little bit on the first half. You know, backs up against the wall, championship medal. I think Curry, if he needs to, can go off. So good. Uh, what he can do offensively with the goal. I think the overall, you know, the defense has to be better. I think it will be tonight for the Warriors, but I just don't expect, you know, every person, every player for the Raptors got higher than 50% in that game. I mean, can that really continue? I mean, this thing with Van Vliet is going to continue evidently. I have, everybody should start having kids now. I mean, it's just remarkable what's happened with him. Um, I, can we get that from Danny Green again? I mean, he has just been. Where'd that come from? He has not had that every single game. The same with Gasol and Siakam. So I, I would expect some regression early from the Raptors tonight. And I think if you bet the game, maybe the way to look at it would be to, you know, for Golden State to get him early for a quarter and for the first half. Okay. And, and then uh, lastly, and, and I do have a lot of followers on social media as you do, ironically, for somebody who lives in South Florida – I would say probably 10 20% of my followers, Mitch, are from St. Louis. And uh-huh. I, in an unbelievable scenario playing out here, I think, coming up in, let's say, what is it, uh, 24, 48 hours, where the St. Louis Blues are going to have an opportunity to win the Stanley Cup. I mean, selfishly, I want to see a Game 7, and I, and I want to see this thing go the distance because there's nothing like that, a Game 7. But uh, I am not, and I don't pretend to be the hockey expert, but I got to tell you, with tickets going for like three grand just to get in the door in St. Louis, this is a historical moment for them. What is the feeling in there and kind of what does the Vegas feel on how this could play out? You think there will be a game seven or does St. Louis knock it out? Well, so they are small favorites. Uh, depends on where you look. Uh, I saw them open up around $1.25 at some spots back east today. And I know in Las Vegas, at the South Point, I believe they posted a one thirty on the Blues. So, you know, it's, it's very, very razor thin with these two teams right now. And it is, it's hockey, man. I mean, anything can happen. You know, people that know the sport and bet the sport more than I do, certainly, they said before the series started out that this was going to be an underdog kind of series where if you just took the plus money in every single game, you should pop it when it's all over with. And that has kind of been the case now with the way it's going. So I would not expect, you know, I would not be surprised, I should say, if the Bruins come back and win game six and force the Game 7 to go back to Boston just because it's been so close. Uh, 
uh, and their power play, I know, has been shut down the last couple of games, but it's been, like, historically good, you know, for the most part of the playoffs and a lot for the year as well. That front line has been so good. And Rask can be, you know, he, he's, he wasn't a favorite for the Pirates might. So uh, I, I, have, I have not gotten involved in that game yet. I don't know if I'm going to, uh, but I'm not going to be stunned whatsoever if the Bruins go there and win and force a game seven. All right. Well, Mitch, listen, always a pleasure talking to you. I hope we do get that Game 7. You know that I'm always available to come on and talk baseball with you 24-7. Um, congratulations on all the success of your show, and congratulations on the success, certainly, of VEASAN. And as uh, time goes on, and I know here at SportsGrid, we certainly have a lot of uh, wagering properties in the mix. I look forward to speaking to you more about them soon. Thank you again. Have yourself a great weekend, and we'll catch up soon, Mitch. Thank you. Awesome, Craig. Same to you. Thank you. All right, Mitch Moss joining us here from VEASAN. He hosts Follow the Money with Paulie Howard. And from an education uh, level, you have no idea. I mean, every day, the amount of – I mean, these guys are just so in tune to what's happening in sports, every single sport, too. It's like my primary focus is baseball. I love football. I know everything about pro football. I know everything about college football. I love college basketball, but it's like hockey and the NBA. It's – not a, not a full-time job. It's a compassion, and it's an obsession. And both Mitch and Paulie know so much about it. They do a great job. Okay, coming up next, we'll preview tonight's slate in Major League Baseball and give you the best of what you may have missed here on Fantasy Sports Today. That's coming up in two minutes. Don't go away. money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports, and you're in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid. Open your new account and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. Searching for an outdoor oasis but don't have time to catch a flight? Join us in the heart of Midtown at Versa, packed with good vibes, great views, and service unmatched. Fully stocked with five bars throughout the venue. Aside from our stellar dining menu, Tuesday through Friday, our culinary team has curated a delectable rotation of food activations to be featured on our patio from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Join us for nonstop fun on one of New York City's largest patios as rooftop season is finally upon us. Located at 215 West 35th Street, New York, New York. Official partners of the New York Knicks and the New York Rangers. Are you single? Everyone single is looking for the best date possible. Well, I found one website that can find you the best date, and it's called TheBestDate100.com. Just go there and log in for your free trial and see if you can find your new and maybe last best date. Remember, you can find the best date of your life at TheBestDate100.com. That's TheBestDate100.com. One more time, TheBestDate100.com. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day. 10 an hour. One person every six minutes. 
Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621. 866-484-9621. That's 866-484-9621. Do you want two risk-free wagers up to $1,000? If so, go to pointsbet.com forward slash grid. Open yourself up a PointsBet sports wagering account. Enter the promo code GRID, and you'll get two risk-free bets of up to $1,000. In addition to traditional betting, PointsBets also offers its own betting concept, where customers, they're rewarded by how much they win their bet. That's pointsbet.com forward slash grid. Enter the promo code GRID and get your two risk-free bets of up to $1,000 today. Make it rain. His uh, girl there put together a list of uh, do's and don'ts at this bachelor <laughs> party for him. Starting off the list, we've got no cigarettes, Check. no alcohol, oh, sure. no strippers, sure. dancers, women at all. Oh, yeah, and here's the best part about it. No gambling. Uh, Bono, if you had this list, what kind of uh, bachelor party would you have had? I don't know what kind of bachelor party I would have had. I know for a fact I would have had a party that said the wedding's off. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish. All right, welcome back. It's Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish back with you as we wrap up our show. It is the final show of the week. And then we'll be back with you on Monday at noon Eastern right here on FNTSY Radio. Before we go any further, let me uh, also remind you that the reason why I'm here is thanks to a number of people who have made this possible. So as we build this show for you, and of course, this is my job, but you know, this is this is a choice that I made to come here and continue my career doing this here. It was a very big decision that I had to make. I mean, some people think it's just so easy to just leave a place after a long period of time. That is not the case. And as I mentioned with Mike Masato, now that the cat is out of the bag a little bit, so you guys understand, uh, things were just so uh, you know, amicably, amicably done. Uh, at the end, the opportunity was there for me to continue. And I chose to come here because I believe in the direction and I believe in the future of Sports Grid and specifically of people like David Katz and Lou Mayone and Mike Cardano and, uh, and by the way, Greg Sussman, Frank Stamfel, who have been so great to me here, there's no possible way that I would have uh, made the jump had I not known that people would have my back. And that was, uh, and feeling wanted and feeling that people recognize and understand your ability for what you do was very important to me at this stage. I'm 46, I'm not 36, like when I started doing fantasy shows all the time. So, it's not that easy at that stage of your career, which is like right in the heat of it, which I feel I am now, to make a change and change your whole life. I hosted a show at 9 a.m. Now I'm hosting a show at 2 at 12 p.m. And you think that, oh, that's just so easy. You're just talking fantasy. Like it's your, your whole schedule changes every single day. I have two kids. I have a wife. Like I'm, I do other things too. So you don't realize how that can affect you. But it couldn't have been more of a seamless transition. And I just wanted to thank everybody here at uh, FNTSY, certainly, and also at uh, SportsGrid for making it so seamless, and we'll continue to make it seamless for you as we roll on 
through the summer, uh, no doubt about that. And thank you, Chris, by the way, for your uh, for all your participation. How hard you've worked to make me comfortable this week as well. Want to make sure I uh, thank you for that. Okay, uh, we did our you make the call segment. Chris, final vote is in. If uh, if if you want, feel free to tell tell us tell the good people out there who uh, what I'm going to talk about here, so we can knock this out before we go. Seventy seven percent of you said, "Let's look at Keiko." Okay, Dallas Keuchel, 77%. Ryan's Toy World Review, 18%. Chris's Honeymoon Destinations, only 5%. Okay, sorry, Chris. We'll try again next week for you. Try and get – yeah, one of, we'll try and get you back. We'll, we'll try. We have to what, – what you need to do is this weekend send me over, when you have a chance, a funny story that may have happened, maybe potentially an embarrassing story that happened and that you'd want to tell on the air, and I, and I think that that would get you on the air. I I'll do my a best. chance of that. Okay, thank you. Dallas Keuchel, my projections for the rest of the season. I'm going to give you some totals. And here, and I like to do these kind of Vegas totals. Like if I, if I was the bookmaker, okay, if I was FanDuel, and I was doing futures on Dallas Keuchel for the rest of the season, because let's be honest, in this new world that we're living in, with the ability to basically bet on everything, and within two years I think there'll be 35 states where you can legally bet, uh, let's let's break it down like that and make it clear. I don't want to give you numbers. I said a total of his wins right now, Dallas Keuchel's wins from now through the end of the regular season. I'm going to put this at seven and a half wins. Seven and a half wins. If I had to set a number there, that's what it would be. Maybe some people feel like that's a little low. Well, feel free to go over on that. And by the way, take a look at all of the wins in Major League Baseball and tell me how many pitchers have 10 wins, okay? Seven and a half would be the number. I would probably put a strikeouts uh, for the rest of the season somewhere in the 80 to 85 range, maybe like 83 strikeouts rest of the season, somewhere like that. And a whip of about 1.3, maybe 1.29. I don't know how sharp Keiko's going to be out of the gate. And maybe some folks think that that would be a good under. But based on the amount of home runs that are being hit, I understand he is a ground ball guy. But I would say probably about 1.28 would be my number on Dallas Keuchel. His his whip last year, uh, 1.31, the year before 1.1, year before 1.28, year before 1.0. So I, I would say better than last year, somewhere in between the last couple of years would be a guess. And those are my projections for Dallas Keuchel. Remember, on You Make the Call, you get to choose what I talk about on a segment. I know we did it at the last segment today. Normally we do it a little bit earlier, but we were stacked with some guests here on the show. The other part about this program is it's a a great opportunity for you to listen. On Demand is a huge part of what I'm doing here. We're available on iHeartRadio, TuneIn, FantasySportsNetwork.com, Fantasy Sports app, uh, Stitcher, everywhere where podcasts are used. And I know that you can go back and listen for hours at a time. I know some of you will not do that. So here on this show, Chris Bavona has and will every week put together some of the best highlights of what we had on this show. And before we leave, I'll get into some Major League Baseball games for tonight. But here is a short clip of some of the things that you may have missed if you missed our week here on Fantasy Sports Today. 
We gave it our best. You're listening to the best of Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish on the Fantasy Sports Network. And I guess your best wasn't good enough. Give me, like, a start date for you when you know that you have to either pop online or uh, in the old days we would get a magazine, maybe, you know, still do that. I'm not yeah, sure. Right. But when does that start? <laughs> uh, for me, to be honest, I actually did a mock draft a few weeks ago. I'm not going to oh. lie. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. so what, what – The guys thought I was crazy. No. Well, all right. So let, let's let's get into that a little bit. So what pick did you have? Do you remember in the mock what pick you had? Uh, I think it was like eight or nine. Okay. And 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 who did you end up taking with your first pick? Um, who did I go with? I want to say it was DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. Well, I mean, look, you can't go wrong with him. A hundred catches. No, and definitely can't go wrong. A good, a good. You know, there was some news. Let me ask you this: There was some news that came out today from uh, from I, I believe it was may have been Ian Rappaport or NFL dot com. Um, about how Todd Gurley is uh, forcing himself to lose some weight because there is some concern that there's something wrong with that knee. Would, would you be comfortable taking Todd Gurley in a first round or even maybe at this point second round scenario or were you scared off? Yeah, I think, to be honest, I think I'm scared off this year. I had him last year and uh, the, you know, his touches down the end of the, the, end of the run there really kind of messed up my uh, playoff push in one of my leagues. So... Uh, it, it's tough, especially with that kind of injury, you know, him being a running back. It's For me, I think I'm going to be shied away from him this year. Ray Albright is with us from Razzball.com. Okay, here's my second one. Uh, this would normally be trending down, but I'm going to give this guy in Indiana some credit. How about this story? This, uh, this guy in Indiana, 20 years old, he goes into a mobile home. Now, I don't condone shooting, okay? I'm very much against that and guns. But he goes into a place, shoots up some mobile home. No one was seriously hurt, okay? But then this guy, after robbing it, calls a lift to come pick him up, and he goes home. So this guy just commits a crime, calls a lift? I mean, this is I mean, this is probably the stupidest thing that I've ever heard. So, of course, they, they found Mitch, him. You're not, gonna, you're not even going to believe this. My next up was going to be alert from my ring doorbell. Me and my cougar wife recently moved into a new house. This, this is true. This is not like my art of shaving in Williamsburg. Okay. I just got this doorbell, this ring thing, and you get alerts on your phone of um, suspicious activity in your neighborhood. I get alerts nonstop, man. I am, like, about to purchase a gun myself. I don't know what is real and what is not real with these safety alerts. Nelly, thank you so much for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me, Mish. I'm just kind of wondering if you could take us you know, back in time a little bit, what it must have been like to pitch on those teams that not only did you have great teams, but the organization run by George Steinbrenner was always willing to just spend as much money as possible to get it done. We, we're seeing a completely different day now, Nelly, where free agents have to wait until February to sign. Uh, when George Steinbrenner was running the Yankees, that would never happen. The free agency would open. And at midnight, this guy would be spending hundreds of millions of dollars for whoever he did. So what was it like playing on those teams? He wanted a free agent. If he wanted a guy, he was going to go out and get him. You know, and a lot of the times you have to accept the Yankees that he said, okay, I want to go and I want to acquire that guy. For one, he probably can help us. And another, I'm tired of seeing him uh, pit well or hit well against us. Uh, that was one of the things when Tino and I got tra- traded over. I always did well against the Yankees. I love pitching in the Yankees. Yeah. 
And when they made that trade, you know, I was a little surprised, but hey, I was going to a first class organization. And once I got there, you realized how first class it was. And you're right, you know, Mr. Strymer did everything he could to try to put a winner on the field. And if it wasn't working out, he, had, he didn't hesitate as far as making a change. Uh, the expectation level as a Yankee was through the roof, especially at old Yankee Stadium. Because of Mr. Steinbrenner had so much influence on the media, and the media I thought was a lot more, I, I guess, not harsh, but a, a little, uh, not as forgiving as they are now. Stadium and why Mr. Steinbrenner is no longer around. But the pressures, it, it was great. You know, I loved pitching in pressure situations. I've always wanted to be in in a tight game, and I wanted to pitch all the time. And I think that spoke for the whole entire team during that era, that everybody wanted to be in a situation that they could come through in, whether it was bases loaded, hey, you got or, or Tim Raines, or, you know, you had Andy Pettit on the mat. It was just a fun team to come to the park and know that, you know, once you cross the lines, you felt like, hey, you were to win every single game. And in 98, we won 125 games, so we almost did win every single game. That was the voice of Jeff Nelson, former Major League pitcher and also of Fox Sports Florida. And certainly we thank all of our guests for coming on the show this week. Really appreciate that, without a doubt. Uh, we got full-time fantasy coming up your way in just about, let's see, six minutes from now. Let me give you a quick rundown of the games tonight. Reds and Phillies. They'll play that game tonight, 7.05 Eastern. When you set your lineups, make sure you know it is... Zach Eflin and Tyler Molly starting, and the total is nine. I'll be at the Braves-Marlins game. It's Jose Urania against Michael Soroka. Soroka minus 182 on the money line. The total is seven and a half. Rockies and Mets. Jacob deGrom, their ace, minus 200 money line. Total seven and a half. Tonight at 810 Eastern, Pirates and Brewers, Woodruff and Davis. And Woodruff, a monster favorite of minus 267, total 9.5 as well. San Diego has Nick Marjavicious on the mound against Eric Fetty. It's a 10-10 start. Total is 9. Washington, a slight favorite of minus 110. We'll get to see Clayton Kershaw pitch tonight in San Francisco. The Giants are 43 up, 20 down, and minus 230 tonight on the money line on the road, taking on Drew Pomerantz of the Giants, who have just had a... Tough, tough time all season long. In the American League, Rays and Red Sox, Rick Porcello is minus 130 against Yanni Chirinos. The total is 10. That game is in Boston with them being a slight favorite. Michael Pineda returns to the mound tonight for the Twins as they take on the Tigers. And Matt Boyd has been really impressive this season, but the Twins are 41-20 and 20 on the year. Detroit is 13 games under five hundred. And the total is nine in that game. Yankees and injure, Yankees and Indians, Domingo Herman against Zach Plezak. The total is nine, and Herman is a slight favorite of minus one fifteen. Plezak was pretty good in uh, in his appearances for the Indians thus far. Eight oh five tonight, A's and Rangers. Brett Anderson against Lance Lynn. Texas a very slight favorite tonight at home, and the total is ten. In that game as well. Biggest line of the board and one of the biggest favorites of the season is the Houston Astros tonight. Why? Because they take on the Orioles. Gabriel Inoa starts for them. For Houston, it's Garrett Cole. And as of right now, it looks like the money line is minus 335 for Houston. And even laying a run and a half, it's minus 160. So uh, one of the bigger favorites of the year tonight for sure, and the total is eight in that game. White Sox and Royals. Homer Bailey throws for Kansas City. For the White Sox, it's Ivan Nova. So you'll have to dare me to watch this one tonight. I will not. 
Total is nine and a half, and the money line is minus 118. Mariners and Angels. Andrew Heaney throws for the Angels. He's been excellent. Marco Gonzalez for Seattle, and the total is nine in that game. And then the final game on the board, Arizona against Toronto. Merrill Kelly's pitched much better lately. Not that I really trust him, but he has. Diamondbacks are 31 and 32. Toronto is 23 and 39. Marcus Stroman, arguably the Jays' best pitcher, and who knows for how much longer. They are minus 126, and the total is 8.5 in that game. So, just as a reminder, we will be back to uh, on Monday. We will uh, have a little bit of uh, a new, what we would call, kind of clock on the show. So if you listen to the first week of the show, we're doing the same show next week. Nothing's going to change. But some of the breaks will be a little bit different, and we'll kind of run through that next week. But essentially, it is the same exact show, uh, just except for we will have a little bit of shorter segments. And so uh, change is really nothing. But just for those of you who are listening on demand, as you kind of get used to hearing the show, remember, uh, first week, new show, just kind of, you know, testing out the limits as to what we can do and some new things, and certainly it's been uh, a blast doing the show here with you guys. Uh, thank you so much, by the way, not just for, as I mentioned, the people who brought me on here, but all of the people on social media who have given me so, uh, such support to continue and maintain the show that I do. I read all of your comments, as you know, online, at Craig Mish, if you message me there. And whenever our shows are over, my producer, Chris Pavona, does post some highlights of the different things that we talked about as well. I wish you guys a great weekend. Hope you enjoy all of our great programming here on FNTSY Radio and Fantasy Sports Network. I will speak to you again on Monday at noon Eastern right here on FNTSY. Have a great weekend, everybody. Full-time fantasy is next. Don't go away.